It's Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to the Prairie and Smith podcast. Before we get to today's special guest, though, here's a quick reminder to all of you out there listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. And if you'd be so kind, we'd love for you to leave us a review. We've both been so excited to see how welcoming the Sunbelt fans have been to this new podcast. But with that said, we're really excited to have our first Sunbelt student athlete join us on the Frary and Smith podcast. Caden, why don't you take a little more or talk a little bit more about today's special guest? Oh, man. No, I'm so excited for the people to hear about this one. I mean, if you watch any college football this weekend, you probably heard this guy's name or he at least saw some highlights from his game because he lit it up this weekend. He had six touchdowns. An amazing game obviously came a little bit short of the win. But we're talking a quarterback from App State, Chase Bryce, the guy who Coach Clark said himself bleeds black and gold. And I think he really put that on the line out there this weekend. He talked a little bit about his game this weekend, but also just a ton about his football journey and a little bit about him. So I'm super excited for the people to hear about this one. A little bit more about Chase Bryce. Last year, Chase was named the Sunbelt Conference Newcomer of the Year after transferring from Duke. He also garnered third-team All-Sunbelt honors a season ago. He would go on to set an App State record by throwing for a league-leading 3,337 yards while tying for the Sunbelt lead with 27 passing touchdowns. He truly put himself among the elite quarterbacks in the Sunbelt a season ago with his play on the field. And we're looking forward to seeing what he can do for an encore this year. For sure. You, you said it best. And I think he had an amazing game, obviously. And I think we had an amazing conversation with him. I'm super excited for you all to hear this. And he told us a little bit about on the field, a little about off the field. You'll definitely learn something new about Chase Bryce on this episode for sure. So we'll hear from you guys after this episode. Enjoy it now. Here's our interview with Chase Bryce. Chase, my man, welcome to the Frary and Smith podcast. We're stoked to have you on the show with us today. We have to start by talking about the game this past Saturday. Caden and I were both watching at home, and it felt like our emotions were shifting with every minute of that game. I have to ask you, take me through kind of the roller coaster of emotions that were going through your mind as that scoreline continued to go up. <clears throat> yeah, um, it was it was pretty epic. Uh, you know, the up and down, the the matching the scores. Um, then going up by 14 and then and then them scoring four straight, maybe five straight. Uh, and so for us to be down, um, you know, by 20 at one point, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best feeling. Um, we, you can't get 20 points back in, in one score. And so that was kind of the message. And, you know, we just kind of piece by piece battled, 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 just get seven. All right, get all right, get a first down, get a first down, get a first down, get seven. Let's get the ball back. Get a first down, get a first down, get seven. So, and then before we knew it, uh, we had battled back um, and, and tied it up and, and you know, made that fourth quarter uh, one I'll never forget. Chase, I mean, obviously you've played in a lot of games before, but you've never, I'm guessing you've never played in one quite like that one you had this weekend. You pretty much had a, a whole game's worth of stats in the fourth quarter. And you kind of touched on this before in your previous answer about how the vibe of the offense was but could you just talk a little bit more about the confidence that started to build and what the vibe was on the offense once y'all kind of got started rolling in that fourth quarter I know we played in games where the defense is up a little bit and the offense is down a little bit and there's obviously a little bit of divide but just tell me about that offense and what y'all mindset was going into that fourth quarter yeah we were hungry uh we I mean we wanted nothing more than to win that game so for us to see the way that they were that they were playing on offense um we, we knew we had to match that um and so like I said before, being down really kind of stung and kind of lit a fire like, 
hey, you know, we can't have another three and out. Like we, we just can't afford to have a three and out here. Um, we've got to score almost on every drive. And uh, that's what motivated us. And Coach Barbe did a great job on the field of, of game management in that and also like getting us excited before each drive. Um, and we had that goal in mind before each drive. And, and uh, so, yeah, that was kind of the mindset going into, you know, being down and then, and then battling back to try to then win it. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, insane game. I mean, I think of just kind of back and forth, even, you know, I think that my favorite stat, and we mentioned it on Monday's episode is that there was more points scored in that game than the UNC app state basketball game last year. So I think that that's just, it speaks to what that game was, you know, in that game, one of the things that you accomplished is something that I know your good friend, Trevor Lawrence never did. And that was throw for six touchdown passes in a game. Um, but in all seriousness there, what I wanted to kind of ask you about is what does that relationship look like over the years? And, you know, how has he kind of helped you grow as a quarterback, obviously playing underneath him and then continuing that friendship after he's moved on to the NFL? Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot from him, him coming in as a freshman. Uh, you know, we became really close. Um, once, once it was just us two, you know, we had to be there for each other um, in, in every situation. Uh, obviously, Clemson Nation and, and, and the, the football team surrounded themselves around Trevor, you know, tr- trusting in Trevor. But, you know, he had to have a lot of, a lot of trust in me, and, and I needed to have a lot of trust in myself along with the coaching staff, um, you know, because you, you just never know what, what could happen. So that relationship, we just bonded over that, uh, you know, just being the two of us, um, challenging each other. Um, picking each other's brain, trying to find uh, different, you know, whether it was concepts or different ways to how can we get through something faster, a progression faster or a read faster based on the front, based on coverage. Um, and then look at different defenses and, and, and IDs. Um, so, I mean, we, we had a lot of fun during, during our time there or my time with him there. Um, just, even off the field, like we were, you know, we, I'd go over, we'd watch the office together. Um, you know, he didn't, we didn't really go eat much like out on the town. We, we kind of did it in home. Um, cause it was just crazy. What was the go-to, like, what he, was the go-to meal for the two of you guys at home? Man, he honestly, we, we would do, I've, uh, I've seen your fridge chase. Just know I've been to your apartment. I've seen your fridge. So <laughs> yeah. don't, don't lie to me. That's uh that's meal prep. Okay. So, um, but oh, what would we make, man? I don't, we'd really get stuff to go. Like we pick it up. Like either I would ha- order it or, or uh, um, we'd have SO Club. Um, I've been to SO Club. That's that's a solid one, right SO off Club campus. We'd go out of Clemson if we wanted to go somewhere good. Like there were some good sushi spots. Like there was a spot out in Seneca that was really good. Just kind of like low key. So you know, we we definitely had a good time, and and just having that relationship with him and beyond. You know, when he left, just every now and then we'll chat. We'll we'll hit each other up. He'll send me a nice text. Um, he watched the game this past weekend, so gave me a lot of words of encouragement. I also got some from former coaches of mine and, and, and former teammates. So, you know, the the fact that they're watching and, and excited for me and tuned in, just you know, it's special. It's a special bond and relationship, and I'm and I'm just thankful for it. Well, it's funny, and before. Caden asked his next question. I wanted to follow up with this because I was I was having lunch last week with Don Munson, the voice of the Tigers. Obviously, you would know well. And he told me a story that I think oftentimes goes, you know, unnoticed in that 2018 season. I think it was like fourth or fifth game of the year against Syracuse. 
you know, you have to come in, you, you know, you lead those drives in the fourth quarter, you guys come from behind and win. And without that drive, does Clemson go undefeated that year? Does Clemson win the national championship? So I almost feel like that's kind of forgotten in the story of, you know, the greatness that was Trevor Lawrence during that 2018 season. Yeah. Um, that was just, you know, uh, that time was hard. I was a sophomore, um, or a redshirt freshman. So, uh, that was my first real, um, my first real playing. Uh, I was a practice guy. I was a signal guy. Um, so it was Kelly and, and Trevor back and forth, back and forth. And, um, and, and Kelly did a great job at his career there. And we were really close. So to see him leave hurt me, but we knew like moving on to that week that, you know, it was Trevor and then me and, and, and somehow some way, like I needed to be ready um, and, and had a good prep of practice that week. I, I vividly remember that. And finally getting an opportunity um, settling down in the fourth quarter. Uh, things were very chaotic and crazy uh, during that time uh, in the second half, um, losing the whole game. So, you know, obviously I give a lot of credit to our defense. Uh, we had the best defense in the country and the best running back um, room you could ask for. So definitely had a lot of help in that. And it's hard to, it's hard to lose when you got T Higgins, Hunter Renfro, uh, Justin Ross, and, and those types of guys to, to throw to and Mitch Hyatt and, um, and Gay Servinka and a lot of those guys that block up front for you. So, you know, it was just a good, it was just a good, you know, good memory. It's actually a perfect transition talking about those those weapons, Chase, because I wanted to get into some of the weapons you have this year. But before we get into that, obviously, you got a, a huge shout out from another weapon in the league. Des Bryant tweeting at you saying you keep an eye out for you on the NFL, gave you a little shout out, said you got a little something to you. What was it like reading that that tweet? Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty, pretty wild. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he had said that uh, people had sent it to me and then I started getting mentioned in it. And um you know, that, that meant a lot coming from, from a guy like that, uh, you know, a star, you know, receiver, uh, has had a great career in college, great NFL career. Um, and I think it, it just goes to show my progression from these last six years. Um, it's crazy. I'm saying that six years, but every year I've grown, um, I've gotten better and I've always had, I've always had a swag to me. I've always had some type of moxie that, um, that I've heard that I've been told by former coaches and people that have seen me. Um, I'm just, not, I'm just not going to give up. And, and that was displayed on Saturday, but, but hearing that from a guy, from a guy like that, and, um, you know, I definitely did something to get his attention. So, so I'm appreciative. Yeah. So let's get into those weapons. You got, obviously you lose pretty much the whole starting receiver core from the year before. So you have a lot of new weapons, a lot of question marks, and you seem to hit them all. Like you, you threw a different touchdown pass to every single guy, even some of the tight ends too. just talk about some of those past catchers you've got this year, who you're excited about and what we should expect out of them. Yeah. Uh, Henry Miller, uh, Caden shoot, C-Dub, Lil D, um, Seahorn. Uh, they all caught touchdowns. Like, those were the question marks going into this season, like you said, and I've answered them, you know, question here, question there, question here, interview there, that these guys can play. Um, and I've also said that those old heads that, that came through and had a great career here at App are like Thomas and Malik and Corey um, and Verge. Like they're the first to tell you that they're, they're so excited to see these boys finally play. Um, they're not young by any means. They just had a lack of experience. 
and now they're getting to shine and they're learning on the fly as well. Like, obviously we weren't perfect Saturday, um, but we have so much to go off of on the film and to grow and get better at, at the receiver position and um, from my position, how I can throw a ball better and when I need to let it go, uh, when I need to not let it go. So um, those guys are special. Uh, they're fast. They got great hands. And uh, and they love and and one thing that they all love each other like they have a great bond. That whole room is like super close, um, and I've kind of cemented myself in there and, and wiggled my way um, to being just like one of them. Um, in the locker room, going out to eat, uh, and just you know, I gave them a call. I gave most of them a call the night before um, on my way home. Just like I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that goes a long way. In this in this game, um, whether it's it's football, um, baseball, another sport, or or in your or in your job, just a simple "I'm proud of you" and, and to see the work from January to August is uh, exceptional. So um, they know they know I got a lot of love for them. Well, and I think you would probably say that even over your six years, maybe that's some of the maturation process in your game has been you know learning that about players that you've been around, learning how I can truly lead, you know. We obviously talk about the wide receivers, and I think if you went back and listened to our Friday episode, we would have said it was a question mark. I think a lot of those were answered. But then you look at a unit right in front of you that brings back four out of the five starters last year. They call them the Bulls up at App State. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about with them is I've heard there's a Thursday night tradition where you guys go out to dinner together. The one question kind of I had along with maybe that story was who foots the bill? There ain't no splitting, man. I that's me. I got it. It's, I'm that, taking it's that NIL money <laughs> now, right? <laughs> hey, look, if if I was a if I was a freshman or sophomore stud, you know, I'd be looking at NIL. Um, but this year I I, I didn't take that approach. Um sure, I'm I'm getting a little bit on the side. You know, dad helps me out. Uh shout out my dad, he's he's killing it at his job. So, you know, he helps <laughs> me out every week. But uh you know, I, I, di- I didn't want to have any distractions. And uh, while NIL is a, is a great, you know, thing for, for football, um, you know, for me, there's not much a 24-year-old can, can provide for you in his last year. Uh, he's just ready to get to work. Um, and those guys up front, you know, they, they couldn't care. They, you know, they just want some food. Uh, <laughs> My guys are hungry. I'm going to feed them. So, and they, do, they had an excellent game. I want to I touch on that. They balled out. I let them know that um, from the beginning. Anytime, the only time I got hit was on me when I decided to leave the pocket or try to make something happen. So uh, they protected me as best as I've been protected in my, you know, in my six years. Uh, and so they, you know, hats off to them. They're they're a great group up front. So when you guys go out to dinner, like what's the play? Is it Italian? Is it is it Mexican? Like what's the play with that group? So last year, and I think in the years past, you know, I kept the tradition going uh, from Zach, but they'd go to Los, um, local Mexican restaurant. And so we did that last year. But going into this year, I'm like, man, I can't have Mexican every Thursday. Like, I can't do it. Uh, And they're like, yeah, man, you know, we we got maybe we need to switch it up. You know, we lost four, you know, whatever. We didn't win the Sunbelt. We got we got to switch it up. So uh, last week I took him to Bella's. Uh, Bellis is a, it's a little bit more cheddar. So, um, you know, they, they got their money's worth too. We, we loaded up. So, I'm, you know, it was great. 
Now, it sounds like all, all the food needs for the Bulls are in that little strip in Boone. Bella's and Dose are very close. And shout out Dose if you know Dose over Los, if, if, you're, if you're anyone who's been in Boone. But Chase, let's, let's talk about the offensive quarter, man. Kevin Barbe, uh, I think just from watching from my TV screen, at least, I, I, saw, I shot a tweet out about him. Just looked like he was almost a, a wizard when it came to play calling. I mean, he was calling some different stuff that I hadn't seen in the past at App, and it was all working very effectively. And I think it really stood out. And I think I've seen you play a lot of ball and you look super comfortable in that system. So just tell us a little bit about your relationship with him and what's it been like running that offense. Coach Barbe has has kind of like changed my approach to to quarterbacking. Um Coach Pont, I want to give credit, Coach Ponce brought me back. Like he 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 revitalized me. He got me back to you know who I know I can be. Um and I have I got a little bit of ponce back here in my in my brain stashed away uh from quotes and and sayings and just reminders of you know things on the field, uh what to be aware for um within within our concepts that we still carry over. But Coach Barbe has just brought like a different mindset. Um it's hard to explain. Uh, we connect on a, on a great level. Like we can, you know, I ask him questions all the time. We, we discuss on the field. Um, we discuss on the field uh, during the game and in practice, uh, board talk, just, you know, great communication. And so, you know, he's been to a lot of places as well and, and played a lot of good football. Um, and everywhere he's been, they've had really great success. And it goes to his work ethic. Uh, he's, he's one of the hardest workers that, that I've got to see, um, at the college level. Um, and he loves it. Uh, he's from, uh, Port, uh, Port, uh, Port Arthur, I think, uh, down near Louisiana. Um, I could, I could get it wrong. He's from like Southern Texas area, but like the guy knows football. Um, and I, and I gave him a little compliment <laughs> during the game. I said, man, that bald head of yours, man, it's, I think it's genius, you know, so he's, uh, he's got to go. You know, you talk about him and, you know, kind of the offensive play calling. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me was some post-game comments by your coach after the game. And, you know, he calls you, you know, a damn winner. He talks about bleeding black and gold. Um, what's it been like playing for Coach Clark? And how much does what he shared on Saturday mean to you as a player? Yeah, uh, I really listen to Coach Clark and, and take what he says to heart because he played here. He's got real passion, and I think he sees that in the way I play. Um, no, I didn't come here out of high school, um, but but once I got here, and, and Aiden knows this, like I I wanted to be, I wanted us, like I was happy at that point. Like when I first got here, like I messed with everybody immediately, um, and that was a big goal of mine because I've seen relationships. Um, that, that go a long way, like in football. Um, and when you're close, you, you when you have a great connection, you, you end up having a great team. Um, and it go and, and that goes for leadership too. Like Coach Clark is a great leader, but he allows us to lead. Um, we have, I believe, six captains, so um, or six or eight captains, and that that just goes to show the leadership on our team. Um, and so. I've taken an opportunity of, uh, of what Coach Clark says in meetings and things like that and kind of reiterating that to our offense. Um, and, and to have a guy like Coach Clark, you know, he's, he's a funny dude. Uh, you, you get him outside of the, the football field in his office or, or playing ping pong. I mean, he's going – dude's competitive. So 
Like he loves this game. He loves app. Uh, and he wants nothing more for us than to succeed. And beyond that, he wants us to graduate and be and be good student athletes, um, be good people outside our communities, be good citizens. So, you know, it's uh, it's great to have a leader in him and and to learn from him and also just like lay it down all for app um, because because that's what I want to do here. Um, and that's kind of that's that's the legacy I want to leave. I feel at home. I felt at home when I when I got here. And uh, so this season is, is very personal to me. Well, and I think what's neat about that answer is for a player whose journey has been as well documented as yours. You obviously you start at Clemson. You're there for a couple of years. You end up at Duke. I mean, some could kind of call you a little bit of a career nomad. It sounds like you found a home at App State. And I think, you know, that's really exciting. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, you love you know, you can see it just on how you play on the field. It seems like you, you know, to give all for app and that, that really comes out uh, when you're out on the field. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of like me moving around is, it's kind of thrown out of proportion in a way because um, I wasn't in every, I wasn't like in other people's situations. So in my shoes, I'm, you know, to keep it real with you, I'm, I'm behind the number one draft pick uh, for, for two years. Um, and I could have stayed, you know, Matt Jones stayed uh, and, it, and it worked out for him. Um, we came out together. He's a great friend of mine and he balled. He learned and, and sat and, and um, waited for his moment. And, and I'm I was so happy for him. But for me, uh, you know, I had played kind of early in a way, uh, just me and Trevor. And I got that taste of the field um, and I was hungry for it. I thought I was ready to lead another team um and ultimately i chose duke and in choosing that i was all in um i really was i was talking to michael carter one of my old teammates uh from duke who plays for the jets now and i'm like man i was all in i was ready to you know change kind of like what people thought of Duke. like i was ready you know they're always competitive we just had to get over that hump and unfortunately in, in that time there are a lot of out outside external um circumstances and issues, including COVID, uh, that just didn't allow us to to fully be in our potential. And so you never want to, tra- like, I didn't want to leave again. Like being a two-time transfer, that doesn't sound very good, but I got my degree at Clemson. That was, that was the main goal. I got my degree and I did it the right way, I feel like. I earned that right to transfer um, and start my own career. Um, and and luckily, you know, I knew there was more left in the tank for me and app gave me a call, gave me an opportunity uh, and I took it without hesitation. I've told that story a couple of times. A lot of my teammates know it. I didn't care who the coach was, who the offense coordinator was or who the receivers were. I had seen app state play enough to know that um, that's the kind of football I want to be a part of. And so you know, here I am now and, and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for it. And the journey, you know, the journeyman mentality is, is taking me up and down, up and down where I've been way up here. I've won the, you know, I've been a part of the national championship. I have been to the very bottom being second to last in the ACC, um, leading the country in interception. So adversity is not new to me. And, uh, I've been a starter, First of all, I've been a, been a fourth string, been a third string, been a backup, been a starter, been benched, uh, been all those. So, you know, 
nothing's new and you know i like i like that that label of kind of being a journeyman and and it just shows my progression every single year um so you know i'm just glad to be here yeah i think the the biggest thing you know that has come across is your ability that you know when you are at a school there's this all in mentality and you're going to give all for whatever school you're at i think you know that's really exciting and it speaks a lot to the character and the type of teammate you are but now i kind of want to transition off the field a little bit we're going to have a little bit of fun here at the end and you know what we've seen your success on the field but i think my biggest question for you is what does chase bryce do for fun <clears throat> um, man usually i'm i'm on the golf course man i'm any off day any sort of weekend uh i'm trying to play some golf uh, so what's your score? Like what's your, what's your average? You know, I got really, really good days. I got really good days. And then I got really, really poor days. And it usually comes when I've played multiple times in a week. When I don't play a lot, I usually shoot great, you know, like low eighties, like 81, 82, 83. And then when I play a lot, <laughs> when I play a lot, um, I'm like 89, like, 90. So, you know, I'm, I'm learning that, uh, I can't spend all my money on golf. What I'm trying to say. <laughs> hey, I understand that. So ba- ba- basically what you're saying <laughs> is if the football dream doesn't work out, there might be a future on the live golf tour, maybe the PGA tour, you know, maybe that's how you'll finally make your money. Look, he can't, the, the he can't because you, you, have to play too, you have to play too much. You have to play too much. It sounds like Chase is better the less he plays. He needs to find some tour that only True. plays uh, every, every couple weeks. <laughs> that's true i just want to go on uh you know miss a little work to go out and play golf with with some customers and some clients so, you know what i mean for sure I'll, I'll have to fact check you with some of our for former teammates on that score you just said but we'll we'll get to that another time but chase anyone anyone who knows you anyone who follows you on social media they know you're a, a music connoisseur a, a savant some would say and you're you're constantly posting on the snapchat whatever you're listening to i i can close my eyes and picture your little dashboard that's showing what song you're listening to to for the day. I don't need a certain number. I'm not asking for anything in particular, but just give put the people on, man. What what songs you've been listening to lately? What's been what's been hitting lately? Uh, you know, I want to I want to give a shout out to uh Zach Bryan, man. I've been I've been blasting Zach Bryan for like constantly. Zach Bryan, Corey Kent, John Langston, um and then, you know, on the other side, you know, I got to add my man Drake um, I was listening to, ah, man, I can't, I can't remember it now, but, uh, he said something about, you know, this, this ain't the same Drake from four years ago. And it kind of resonated with me. Um, because of how that's much no, that's grown. no telling. That's no telling yeah, by no Drake. Telling, no telling, you, no know you know, I know, you know, I know, I know, you know, and so listening to that brought me back to, um, you know, kind of like football wise, like this isn't the same chase from four years ago, five years ago. Um, and it's not the same one from last year either. So uh, Drake, no telling, really all Drake, like, you know, me, like is you know, Tuscan leather. Uh, that's a goaded one. But uh, like I said, who else? Zach Bryan, Corey Kent, John Langston, some Drake. Um, I go, I got, I got a shout out a little dirt. Um, I don't know. A lot of people listen to him, but but he's one of my favorites. So I'm actually I'm all around. So th- that's kind of what's what's kind of circulating right now. Well, before we get into the last question, I just want to follow up right there. If you were, you know, say you were a baseball player, and if you had to pick one song that was kind of your walk up, 
you know, what mm. is that song right now? Oh man, that's so good. That's so good. Well, I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to have to go with one, one or the other, like one year. Cause I, I'm a big baseball guy. I played baseball coming out of high school. Um, so I focused on this. It was either ice ice baby. That's a banger. Uh, was one of my walk, one of my walk up songs. So my dad would call me Bryce, Bryce baby. So that's kind of like the connection to that. <laughs> and then my junior and senior year, I played uh, your love by the outfield. And, uh, I'd probably go with Your Love by The Outfield. That's just an absolute banger. Um, and then another one I want to add that I've been listening to a lot. I forgot I mentioned this. Uh, uh, Bob O'Reilly by The Who. Um, classic. I love it. I first thought you were going to say Your Love by Nicki Minaj, and I was going to have some questions. I wasn't going to judge you, but I definitely would have just had a follow-up question. But The Outfield one's a banger. I definitely know that one. It sounds like you've got some great music taste, and I know you're just getting done with practice when we're doing this interview, so we want to get you on to dinner. But before we let you go, I think, you know, late last week it was announced that the college football playoff was expanding to 12 teams in coming years. And since you're probably the only guy that we're going to talk to on the podcast this year that's actually played in the college football playoff, let alone one, I was just curious, you know, what your thoughts were on the expansion. Are you for or against it? How do you think player safety plays into it? I was just curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, and I'd probably have to to read up on it, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I need to know kind of some of the, the parameters and and what all entails into a, you know, an expansion. Uh, was it 12 teams? Is that what it was? Yeah, 12 teams, top four, you know, basically you'll see the SEC champion and others will be seated one through four. And then five seats, five through 12 are going to, you know, basically play a game on campus. And then it'll kind of roll into the same college football playoff that we're used to. Right. I think, uh, you know, I think it'll, it, it's good. It's good and bad. Um, and I'm just being honest because I've, I've been a part of three of them. Um, and I say that because of how many games, first of all, we'll play and, and which games matter. Um, so, you know, or how are they going to rank a two loss team? Um, things like that compared to, let's say, you know, a, a Nap State or, or a Coastal or somewhere in the, in the Sun Belt that, that goes, you know, loses one or two games, um, and that being power five teams, but wins their conference, things like that. Uh, and also with the the changing of the conferences, um, some of these group of five teams are going into the Big 12 and they're going into the SEC or, or, um, or Big 10, sorry, I should say, but like, you know, just kind of how that plays out. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's good, and I think it also – can also be bad at the same time but yeah I mean I think that's the question you know we're all wanting answer to see um obviously you see the top teams in the country that are dominant every year so it'll be interesting as this expands does it create more you know action and excitement or do we get much the same but Bryce I know you got to get rolling so I just want to say thank you for taking some time to jump on you're the first guest on this podcast and uh, we're excited to have you especially coming off that big weekend game against UNC. So definitely we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the year. And we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, I appreciate Appreciate you having me. Enjoyed it. Man, how fun was that, Caden? Really enjoyed chatting with Chase Bryce. And I really feel like he went a little bit more in depth than maybe we've ever heard him. Maybe it was the is you know comfort level with you but some great answers in that interview 
No, I'll tell you what, it's been a minute, obviously, since I've seen Chase. I haven't seen him since I had my pro day up at app, but I learned some new stuff about Chase there. I thought I knew the guy well, but he even learned some, I learned some new stuff about him in that interview for sure. So he, he definitely knocked it out of the park and you got to love what he's talking about as far as what App State has going on this year for sure. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I appreciated is he was vulnerable. He talked about his journey, but I think it's also been neat to see how that journey that he's gone on over the last six years, how it's really built the man and how some of you know the maturation that's taken place, his leadership abilities on the field. I thought it was just great content and really thankful that he took some time to, to jump on the, the podcast as our first student-athlete guest. One of the questions we asked him, though, at the end as we kind of transition a little bit was about the new expansion that was just announced last week to the college football playoff. We're going to have 12 teams now in the coming years that will play, and for those of you who might not have heard about the changes that are coming, I wanted to give you a quick rundown on that. Starting in 2026, we're going to see an expanded playoff from four teams to 12, which means more teams can get in, more opportunities, particularly for conferences in the group of five, much like the Sun Belt, perhaps maybe to get a team into that college football playoff. There is a chance that this could happen as early as 2024, but there's still some logistics that have to be worked out. When we talk about the 12 teams, though, the four highest ranked conference champions, so imagine those are going to come out of the Power Five, are going to get those top four bids, they're going to get a buy. But then I think the most exciting part about this is that teams five through 12, they're going to play their round one games on campus. And I think that already has me dreaming about a team like Coastal Carolina or Louisiana or App State hosting a first round game in the college football playoff. I think that would be so exciting. And then after those first round games, the semifinals and finals are going to follow a very similar pattern to what we've seen over the previous years. They're going to take place at bowl sites like the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and others. So a lot of good things happening. But Caden, I wanted to get your reaction to it on this podcast, kind of your first thoughts about the expansion with the college football playoff. Yeah, I think I I just come at this with a little bit more of a player perspective from playing ball. We obviously heard from Chase and him talking about his experience playing in the college football playoff. Those those top teams, obviously, if you're in Alabama, if you're a Clemson, you're kind of used to it. But it's definitely not ideal to be playing college football games in January, February, when other teams are getting into their spring ball. That's a lot more games. It starts if you add 12 teams, that adds a lot more games to the season and it almost turns into an NFL season. So I think the player safety aspect of it definitely has to be accounted for, especially you're getting no break in between your semesters. Everyone kind of enjoys that little period they get to go home finally after football season and then come back and get into their their back into their routine. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams and players feel about this because I remember, I'll just be frank, at App State, every year when we'd be sitting around waiting for that selection day for our bowl game, we wanted a bowl before Christmas. We wanted to be home for Christmas. We wanted to do that kind of stuff and be home and be around our families. And the the more you push this season along, obviously, if you're at home watching these games with your family, it's great. But for a player, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they respond to this and how, especially if you're playing, if you're a 12 seed playing a one seed, don't have the best odds in the game, obviously, you're going to give it your best. But then you're playing extra time that's taking away from your your Christmas and your break that you normally get. It's going to be interesting to see how those teams handle that turnaround from their season going into their spring ball and going into their next season. Yeah, I think that's a super interesting perspective that honestly, I haven't heard yet about the concept of, you know, yes, we love playing football, but there also needs to be this break period. And, you know, they're really, I think what you're seeing is this calendar for college football. It never really ends by the time you get into spring ball and summer ball and into the season. So I think that's, you know, really interesting to see. And I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out. I think one of the biggest things that we've seen in, you know, recently, more recently is players starting to opt out of bowl games. 
Caden, as a player, do you think that there's a thought process where you could still see opt-outs in this day and age, or does having something to play for tangibly, like a path to a national championship, does that keep all of the guys wanting to play? It's really going to be player to player, team to team, and person to person. I think I think Leonard Fournette was the one who really paved the way and was the first one to kind of set out of his bowl games. And he got some criticism about it. And they were asking him, like, teams were questioning in the NFL level his love for the game and things like that. And then obviously he ends up being a great player. But I think the stigma around that's probably going to change. I think it's going to depend on how high of a draft pick, what you have going on at the next level, and what's in your best interest. Because, I mean, you're getting at that point, you're getting into combine prep, draft prep. You obviously want to be ready to put your best foot forward at your pro day as well. So I think for the top, 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 it's going to be an issue. But I feel like for everybody else who's hungry and motivated, and obviously, especially if you end up being a group of five team playing in the playoff, you get an opportunity to play against some of the best competition that you don't have on film, especially too. And you want to obviously put on for your school. So I think that's going to be something definitely interesting to see coming up. I think you kind of alluded to it right there. And I think one of the most exciting parts and a big reason why we decided to chat about this on this episode was the fact that it does give perhaps a little bit of an easier path. I'm not going to say an easy path, but an easier path for a group of five team to make it into the college football playoff. And obviously our goal on this podcast is we talk Sunbelt football. And I wanted to kind of just ask you, in your opinion, what does this mean for the Sun Belt. We've obviously talked about the direction they're trying to take this league and the growth of this league, turning it into perhaps the premier group of five conference. In your mind, how does this affect the Sun Belt? Well, I think the most closely thing, the most the thing I guess should be most closely watched is really how they adjust that top 12. I mean, if you look at the playoff in the past and the top four, there's going to be the have and the have nots. And I think if they do try to keep pushing it to where they want those good matchups. I mean, if you look at the the rankings right now, you have Florida ranked at 12 and they'd be playing Alabama. I mean, that's that's what they want and that's what they're going to get. And I think it's going to depend on year to year and team to team. You obviously have the year before where Cincinnati sneaks into that four seed. So they're the only group of five team. You go to 2019, that's the year we had nobody in there. There was no group of five representation if you look at the top 12. And then you look at 2018, you have a Coastal Carolina sneaking in there in that 12 seed. So I think it's really going to depend, depend on year to year, team to team. If the Sun Belt does have that team that's undefeated and can sneak into that 12 spot, that's going to be ideal. But there's no telling. There might be a universe where we get to that time in the future and you, there's a little bid for that 12 seed. And it's like, okay, do we get a national powerhouse like Texas who has one or two losses or do we give this App State team that's undefeated a chance? So I think, I hope unfortunately that doesn't come into account and I might've got some of those years wrong, but you know, we had ULL end in the top 12. We had Coastal Carolina into the top 12 and in that universe, we would be in the playoffs. So hopefully if they stay true to that value and they keep ranking things the same way, I think it'd be very exciting for the Sun Belt to host some of these playoff games in the future. Yeah, and I was going to end with that. You, you, I think you and me are getting good. We've worked together for three episodes now, but segues. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is how big would a game like this be for a small town you played in Boone? There's other ones like Conway, South Carolina. I look at you know Lafayette where Louisiana is at. How big would it be for one of these small towns that they love their football to host a game as big as this would be and perhaps on large scale network television? Well, I'm not going to speak as much as the, to the results of those games because, I mean, you can look back and look at the Sunbelt's record against these Power 5 teams. The Sunbelt Conference has been known to play very well in these games against Power 5 teams, if you look historically. I mean, it seems like every year there's a Georgia State, there's an App State, there's a Coastal knocking off a Power 5 team. So these Sunbelt teams all have that DNA within their locker room that they can beat any team anywhere at any time. So it's going to be super exciting if we get some matchups where they get to play some Power 5 schools because I know the, the mood in every locker room in the Sunbelt 
is that they can beat any Power 5 team, that they have the personnel to do it, that they can recruit in the right areas to keep up with these teams. If they get a good team together that's undefeated, they probably had to beat a group of five team to get there anyway. So it's just going to be another way to prove it for them. Those teams are going to come into it with a chip on their shoulder. And you already saw the attendance numbers for this week for opening games that weren't Power 5 or were Power 5. And it would just be huge for the Sun, but I think it's huge for those fan bases. Well, Caden, I love the insight that you provided on this issue. You obviously hear a lot of people in the media talk about it. So it's fun to kind of get that perspective of a player and how they think about expansion. So I really appreciate you taking us through that. Well, it was another jam-packed episode of the Frarian Smith podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to Chase Bryce for taking time out of his busy schedule to chat with us on today's show. Before you go, though, don't forget that we'll be back with another episode on Friday where we'll break down several of the games this upcoming weekend. In addition, Caden and I will make our picks for week two, a game, or the games in the Sun Belt. So thanks for taking time to listen. If you like what you heard on today's episode of the Frary and Smith podcast, make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you'd be so kind, rate the show or leave us a quick review. We love hearing from our listeners. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon. 